everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter. Yes, here we go, it's season three, episode one. It's a WA Domestic Sports Weekly wrap. That's right, new season, we're all finished for season two. All of the AFL is done, and our WA Domestic Sports wrap during during season two, that's all finished now. We carry over into a new season three because we've got so much and so many sports that are going on. Lots to touch base and uh, keep up with. And of course, season three will go all the way into the AFL season, AFL season, when that eventually starts up. But if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. So we're going to start off with... Uh, with the NBL, with the round ball game on the court, and we're talking a little bit of Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet, tearing up the cot and building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Oh no, here we come. Yeah. Okay, so coming into this round, they were sitting 3-0, and but uh, it's not... Unfortunately, the uh, the streak is over. First time in the NBL season, actually, just quietly before we get into the game, that Jesse Wagstaff has started his first three games with double-digit scores. He actually has started incredibly well. Uh, on to the game at hand. Uh, the team was shooting five, or they shot five of 19 from three-pointers at halftime, and this is in their loss to Melbourne United, 81 84 are the key stat and the absolute opposite to their shooting uh, when they played the Taipans only last Monday was they hit 18% from three-point attempts. Uh, that was up against United's 37. Uh, despite having six more attempts at the three-point, uh, they did make their free throws. Uh, they did make the free throws count, actually. They shot 17 of 18 at 94%. So that was a positive. Uh, however, room for improvement is still on the glass. Yet again, uh, they lost the rebound count by nine. And actually sitting second last for average rebounds per game so far over the first three, ra- over the first three rounds. So that's certainly not what you want to have. Uh, BC, Brass Cotton, he was unreal. He did all he could with 32 points and 5 rebounds, but it was 2 of 12 from 3-point land. And even for Bryce, I think he should have probably held off on some of them. Whilst LT, Luke Travers, he stuffed the stat sheet yet again. Uh, he had 12 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, and 1 block. So a bit of a blow. Um, I, I watch this whole game as I normally do. I normally watch most Wildcats games if I don't get a chance to head head there live um, to RAC Arena. And you know what? They were in it for big parts of the game. But for mine, uh, it was... It was the, the loss and not having to Sean Thomas on the court uh, certainly hurt them so much because Isaac Humphreys was dominant. Uh, and I feel like maybe you could have put Majuk Majuk in there a little bit more because um, he could have just been a bit bit more of a tougher body. Uh, whereas Brady Manick, um, w- whilst he showed some great offensive traits and his passing is supreme, uh, to, to be honest. And that was something I didn't expect from him, but he's got elite passing skills. Uh, he, he, he was just too much of a young man uh, going up against an Isaac Humphreys, who's a seasoned veteran. So they certainly got exposed there, and they're going to have to fix that up very, very quickly. Um, They next play Tasmania at My State Bank Arena on Saturday at 5 p.m. So hopefully they'll be able to bounce back. Uh, Hopefully they can be 4-1 instead of 3-2 and back in the pack with everyone else. So 
Uh, one, you know, a lot of steps forward, but uh, one step back, certainly and clearly. And the other, I guess, talking point out of the game was Jesse Wagstaff uh, did get uh, reported. Uh, he's been sent to, I guess, whatever their version, uh, the MBL's version of MBL's version is of the match review panel um, for a, uh, I guess, a charge that he, or, or a screen, a screen you would call it, uh, about whether he actually lent a bit too forward with his uh, elbow that flushed uh, the United player absolutely cold and uh, he was concussed and he was out for the rest of the game. So yes, we'll see how that all unfolds and if Jesse's available uh, for the upcoming game and hopefully to Sean Thomas is too. But we'll touch it base with them next week. Now let's move on to the Perth Glory. Yeah, so just to clarify, it's Perth Glory men. Uh, the women will be starting their season in November. Uh, unfortunately, it was another loss. Uh, they lost 2-1 up uh, against the Jets, and it came solely down to a 93rd-minute conceding where they were able to actually tie the game up through an Aaron McEnaf penalty at the 73rd minute. Uh, the key stat was an the key stat uh, from my point of view was, and the big turnaround from last week from the Glory, and they had 13 to 10 goal attempts and pl- plus eight crosses and five to two shots on goal. So that they really, realistically, they should have walked away with at least one point in this game and possibly three. Uh, and with one more throw in, but one less corner kick. It was a bit of a tight game for portions of it, but it seemed they had the better of the chances and looked significantly more cohesive and threatening, but just couldn't execute. And they shouldn't have been 1-0 down at halftime in the first place. Uh, and just just sort of putting it into context as to how bad they've been over the last two seasons, uh, they've only had one win in their last 20 matches. So, yeah, that, they are coming from a long, long way back. Um, as we sort of said last week, uh, they, had, they had seven new faces on the, uh, in their starting lineup, like seven new players, and then f- uh, five as well on the bench. So they're starting from scratch, like literally, you know, not, not just a figuratively, they're starting from scratch because it's a new season, brand, whole brand spanking new squad. So the... You know, I, and as I said, I, I'm still kind of bullish in them. I'm not prepared to jump off yet. Um, I think they've shown a lot of promising signs in their two games. Uh, they only lost 1-0, and again, they lost 2-1. So they're not getting whacked by these teams. Uh, they are still going to be on the... Uh, well, they're still going to be away for the next four weeks. So, But they can't afford to leave their run too late. That uh, They've got to either start getting you know a couple of neutral results in, in the form of draws or see if they can snag a couple of wins. And they sit, and whilst they do sit last on the ta- table, understandably uh, losing your first two games, they next play Central Coast Mariners on Sunday at 2 p.m. at Blue Tongue Stadium. So let's hope they can bounce back themselves and uh, get themselves on the winning sheet or at least on the level side of things. So yeah, we'll, we'll leave it for the glory. And we're now going to move on to a little bit of AFLW. I'm going to start off with the West Coast Eagles. So, one thing you've got to do, you be on the move as a forward. Hooker throws it on the boot. Over the head of Van Dyke. She's under the pump now. Schmidt with a snap. Schmidt's all class. And there is no substitute for class. It was a tricky one, uh, this game, because uh, whilst they, they lost 4-1-25 to 4-10-34, so they only lost by nine points. However, the Cats dominate everywhere on the field, uh, despite a fast start from West Coast, except the scoreboard scoreboard. Uh, they actually headed 
uh, to halftime at one goal six. So they should have been up by a lot more going into the halftime break. Uh, the key stat really uh, was was West Coast having 15 less inside 50s, 15 less marks, and 33 less tackles. So that is a spanking in the form of pressure department. And uh, I'm sure that Coach Michael Pryor wouldn't wouldn't uh, like looking and seeing at those numbers. And hopefully they can turn that around very quickly. Uh, however, they did edge ahead in the contested possessions plus one. So it's weird that they're winning contested ball or like, you know, really, really close with it, but then they're getting killed in the tackle. So yeah, interesting how that sort of unfolds there. Uh, it was a vintage effort from Dana Hooker. She played mainly in a, in the in attack for most of her game. Uh, she finished with 20 disposals, one goal and six marks, whilst Charlie Thomas backed up her rising star nomination from the week before with 19 disposals and three, 322 metres gain. Where, uh, and of course, as per normal, Captain Emma Swanson, she just, uh, she was everywhere. Uh, she accumulated 24 disposals, 5 tackles, and 4 clearances. West Coast, they'll return home to host the Western Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon to try and finish the season with some positives, which is all you can do. And in all fairness, uh, from where they were coming from, which, similar to Perth Glory, uh, they were coming from a long way back, West Coast, uh, after two terrible seasons. But they've brought in a brand new squad, uh, and they seem to be playing with you know, a lot more attacking flair. They've got attacking options, players that can score goals, and they're in games for a lot longer. So yes, they probably should have or could have lost by a lot more than nine points, purely and solely due and thanks to Geelong's inaccuracy in front of goal. Uh, the fact they were still in the game is a good thing. Um, and hopefully they can get you know one, a couple of wins to finish off the season. Two more rounds left. Uh, before the AFLW regular season is finished. And uh, we know that uh, finals is out of contention for them. So we'll leave it there for West Coast. And now let's move on to Fremantle. Look, taken to the ground. What a tackle from Tuhak Arena on her debut. Will she create a goal? Antonio's got some wheels. She'll take them on. Banana along the ground. Oh. The beater it does. What a remarkable goal to get us started. How do you like it? Ebony Antonio. It just doesn't seem to be getting any better for the Dockers. Uh, they lost to Collingwood 0 goals, 3-3, and three to 4-8-32. Just abysmal. Uh, just before we come to the breakdown of the score, the key stat was an 18% versus a 44% inside 50 efficiency for Fremantle. They had 18 less marks, but they did t keep up the tackle pressure with 20, uh, 28 more tackles. They didn't score until the last term. And whilst collectively there were only two behinds on the board between both teams at quarter time, they conceded six scoring shots, uh, which was only two goals for, mind you, in the second term. That really broke the game open for the Pies. Uh, they now sit second last on the ladder, and they've been held goalless for now the second time. Kiara Bauer, she was terrific. She had 28 disposals and 11 tackles, uh, with Laura Pughes uh, being really solid in her rebound and creation from defence with 24 disposals. But just seeing that, despite the Dockers having much of the play in the second half, and in fact, they actually had 12 to 7 inside 50s in the third term, Collingwood, Collingwood's backline seemed to have all the answers, so they just couldn't break through or break the damn wall. Uh, yet again, they were injury-struck heading into the game. They only had 20 fit players from the main list, thus needing to call upon train-on player Madison Wilkins to ensure they had a full bench. So it just has not been the season for them on the injury front. And uh, yeah, they just can't seem to get it right there. Or, you know, or maybe someone, uh, someone has stepped under a ladder. Uh, they have run over a black cat. 
a cat. All those kinds of things that seem to have happened have happened with Fremantle. It's been just a terrible start, or not a start, it's been a terrible season for them from an injury perspective. Like their best, and not just any players, their best players have been injured for long periods of the season or haven't made it on the track at all. Case in point, both the Antonios, both Cara and Ebony, key players in their team, haven't really haven't made it onto the park at all. But all they can do is look forward. So the Dockers, the, they, they next play expansion side Sydney in Sydney on Saturday. I'll try saying that three times fast, far out. So yeah, expansion side, a good opportunity to see if they can get a W that they haven't had in a very, very long time. The only win was against West Coast way back when. So yeah, let's see if they can get, get a bit of a, you know, and also give a bit of a lesson to Sydney Swans that uh, this is what the AFLW is all about because they have been the bearers and, well, sorry, the stand bearers uh, for the AFLW for a long period of time, Fremantle. So hopefully they can bounce back or hopefully they can just have enough players to get onto the actual field. Uh, that would be a starting point for them. So, yeah, uh, bad news, unfortunately, for the Dockers, but onwards and upwards and looking ahead to next week. Uh, and let's get on to another field uh, with a small, a smaller ball. And we're talking about cricket. And more specifically, we're talking about the Scorchers women who started their season only a couple of days ago. And by a couple, I mean one. And by one, I mean yesterday, Sunday. So let's talk about all things Scorchers. Handed shot, squirts out to the offside. It is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win all right let's talk all things scorchers women now just quickly before we get into their first game a spin queen alana king uh, she's re-signed for another two seasons even before a ball was bowled in the latest wbbl campaign and she's actually collected 16 wickets in each of the last two seasons so just in superb form and in their first game of the WBBL, I think it's seven, maybe it could be eight campaign, uh, they had a commanding and emphatic nine-wicket win over the Thunder on Sunday. Uh, they set the tone early. They restricted the Thunder to four for 14 in the power play. Uh, in favourable spin conditions, Alana King, uh, two for 17 from four overs, and Lily Mills, two for 12 from four overs herself. They were superb. Uh, whilst Marizan Cap was the other standout bowler with two for 15 from four overs. And Captain Sophie Devine, she led the charge with a bat. Uh, she hit 44 from 42, combining with fellow opener Beth Mooney for a 55-run opening stand, uh, which sort of took the Thunder way out of the contest. And yeah, as I said, they are... Uh, they, chased down the very very small target i think it was 88 uh with a, with a, with only losing one wicket and just going to tonight's game uh, so they're playing the hobart hurricanes at the same venue at blacktown international sports park one in sydney they're in a commanding position yet again uh so they're bowling first and they have the hobart hurricanes at four for 52 from 10 overs uh, let's just quickly go to the wicket takers and i saw and know that marizan cap got one and alana king got one but alana king she was back at it again she got a second one so she's got two for 14 from three overs. a little bit expensive uh the best bowler is probably marizan cap uh, she's got one for three from her two overs so they're in a terrific position to restrict a team to yet another low total so all things are going well down at the scorchers uh scorchers women of course we know that the men are going to be starting in mid December. Uh, so yeah, we'll leave it there. Very exciting and sup uh, supremely ready to jump on board uh, the the Scorchers, the Scorchers women, and yeah, watch them at 
and their jam-packed schedule, uh, which they've got many, many games in a, in a long period of time. Uh, sorry, many games in a short period of time, should I say. And speaking of, let's look at their next couple of games that's going to be coming up. So the next game after tonight, they will be playing. So on the 20th of October, which is a Thursday, uh, they'll be playing Melbourne Stars at the Wacky Round. And that starts at 5.10 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time. So get get down there, uh, support the Scorchers. They're, uh, they're going to be red-hot favourites yet again uh, to go back-to-back. So get around the orange, jump on board, and especially Alana King, an absolute star, a super jet. But we'll leave it there for now, and we're going to move on to stick with cricket and move on to a little bit of Western Warriors. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, they've been the best team in Australia this year. They've won all three trophies. All right, so the Western Warriors, they uh, they had a, a Marsh-Sheffield Shield match today. Uh, it was their second one, this time up against Victoria at City Power Centre. Now, at Stumps on day one, they were 5 for 290. But at one stage, they were 2 for 210 uh, before Victoria fought back. And they actually only lost their first wicket at 1 for 146. And Cam Bancroft, he notched up yet another tonne. Sam Whiteman, uh, he was part of that big partnership early on. He got 82. And whilst just missing out on back-to-back milestones because he got his maiden tonne last week in Teague Wiley, he got out for 49. So that's all I can update you on the Warriors for now. Uh, That was day one stumps. And, uh, of course, they'll be coming back tomorrow and we'll know the... uh, We'll know the result of that one on Thursday, if not earlier. But uh, they're in a commanding position, 5 for 290. Uh, if they could get to 350, uh, preferably 400, then, yeah, they're right in the mix. So great start, terrific work. And, yeah, we'll keep you posted and we'll let you know the wrap-up of how that game finished in uh, in next week's episode. But for now, let's move on to the, uh, the hockey field and let's talk a little bit of Thundersticks. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag flick, in for the goal. Perth with a first. Harry Somerville with a trademark, brings it in. Perth the other way, crossing in. Good ball. All right, so a little bit of Thunderstick talk now. Now the men, they kept their wing streak alive. They took it to 3-0 and for the season. Uh, so three wins, zero losses, undefeated. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, facing the third-placed Brisbane Blaze, they came away with a pulsating 3-2 victory in front of a raucous crowd at Hockey Stadium at Curtin University. Uh, they claimed to win with the goal in the final minutes of the game. Star striker Liam Flynn, Liam Flynn he collected two goals after his return to the team the week before, uh, scoring two scintillating penalty corner goals in the seventh and the 35th minute. Will Battistessa scored the final goal at the 54th minute to seal the win. Uh, it was a tight matchup, however, for the women, they actually went down 3-0 um, to the Blaze, despite having a poor start to, the, to their season uh, in regards to the Blaze. You know, they didn't they didn't get off to the most terrific of, terrific of starts, but um, it was a big win for them and a bit of a setback for the ladies, but hopefully they'll be able to bounce back uh, in their next game. And speaking of the next game, they next play the New South Wales Pride on Friday at the Sydney Olympic Park Hockey Centre. 
And speaking of uh, ladders, because let's just sort of have a quick look as to where both of these teams uh, sort of are traveling or where they're heading uh, on the actual ladder. So the hockey one for the men, they're, of course, understandably, because they're 3-0. and uh, They are right at the top of the table, but they're playing the New South Wales Pride, who are sitting second. All right? So that's going to be a mouth-watering affair. And for the women in the standings, uh, they're sitting second. Uh, equal points uh, with with Melbourne Hockey Club and the New South Wales Pride for women. They're sitting fourth. They have played one less game, though. So, yeah, we have to take that into account. And, of course, that would be the same with the men as well. They played one less game. So, yeah, going to be really, really intriguing matchups, both for the men and the women coming up this weekend. So, yeah, watch that on KO. And best of luck to both the men and the women. And we're now going to move on to the the ball. We're going to go to the ballpark and we're going to talk a little bit of Perth Heat. It's a bit more important than someone's base hit. And here's a swing here for Glenn Denning. This one is back. And Robbie Glenn Denning swings away. It's a two-run shot. And the Perth Heat scoot ahead okay, 2 nothing. Okay, big signing and addition He's news. Uh, the Perth Heat, Glenn they've welcomed new Tampa Bay's prospects to the club for the upcoming 2022-2023 season in infielders and top 20 farm prospects Willie Vasquez and Junior Camonero. And they'll also be joined by exciting and young pitchers Junior, Junior William, Juan Rodriguez, and Naraldo Catalina, alongside coaches Esteban Gonzalez and Levi Romero, uh, with all of them hailing from the Dominican Republic. And returning MLB star Josh Reddick officially made his way back to Perth. Uh, we broke that news of you know a huge signing and a huge coup for the club. Uh, but he uh, he officially put on the black and red, and he was very excited to have a big impact this upcoming season. And just lastly, don't forget to buy tickets for the upcoming series versus Team Australia on Friday 28th and Sunday the 29th of October. It's going to be a mouth-watering match. Uh, they get to go up against Australia's best, or as much of uh, as much of those players that they can get. And uh, yeah, very, very lucky and very fortunate. And it will be a terrific pre-season hit-out for them before they officially begin their campaign in November. But yeah, get to the uh, get to the ballpark uh, down in Thornley. And uh, it's it's a terrific experience. They do it well there. Um, the Perth Glory. Uh, Steve Nelkoski, who's in charge there, um, you know, runs a tight ship, but runs a really, really entertaining show. Uh, just you know, slightly uh, less aside of the uh, Perth Wildcats and what they offer from an entertainment perspective, but uh, yeah, that they're, they're ticking a lot of boxes down there at the Perth Heat from a you know from an entertainment perspective, but also just wanting to keep. You know, keep keep the customers, keep the people happy, and you know, have them involved during the course of the game. All right, we'll leave it there for the heat, and uh, we'll look forward and touching base to them as they get closer and closer uh, to the start and returning ML, uh, sorry, ABL season. Okay, so we're done, we're dusted, we're finished. Wow, we covered so much. I told you that it was going to be busy. We have touched base with eight WA teams, uh, still with many to start their seasons. Uh, the Glory Women, they're still to start. The Perth Heat, they're still to start as well. So it is jam-packed and busy, and season three, 
Uh, we're going to keep you coming with, uh, of course, with our WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. But as I said, uh, much uh, as I said last night in that little drop on Insta, uh, that we're going to be returning with NBL specials and test slash BBL specials. So, but if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been absolute privilege, ladies and gentlemen. And we look forward to touching base with you and all of our WA domestic teams. Sorry, all of our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene. But for yours truly, Adam Bat, I'm out, and we're out of Bat Banter for now. <laughs>